You are listening to Best Frequencies Forever. No! They're all going to laugh at you! BFF.FM. BFF.FM to plan for the future. And it allows those supporters a direct way to be involved in the music they love. You can join this group right now. Just donate now at BFF.FM. TV on the radio here on BFF.FM. I'm Jessica and I'm here with Leah. Good morning, Leah. Good morning. How are you? Great. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for asking. Excellent. Um, today we are discussing AMC's Anne Rice's interview with the vampire, <laughs> uh, the vampire adaptation I didn't know I needed. Yeah. Um, 
What a ride. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I guess this show had me at Eric Bogosian, but yeah. <laughs> uh, it gave yeah. me that and so much more. Yep. Uh, it is, I guess, an update. Well, so an adaptation of the novel, obviously. Yeah. I spent a lot of time trying to, like, uh, figure out the relationship of this story to the original mm-hmm. novel, which I have not read. But, yeah. <laughs> but I read the plot synopsis on Wikipedia and I texted my brother extensively about it because he's <laughs> a big fan. Uh, and the 1994 film, which you're a fan of. I am a fan of the film. Um, but so this this story is um, an update and it, it, it acknowledges the fact that it is Universe an update. Universe yeah. Yeah, within the story, um, except... Um, now our protagonist, I guess, Louis mm-hmm. Dupont du Lac, mm-hmm. love a double last name, <laughs> yeah. um, is a a black man, mm-hmm. and it updates his relationship with Lestat in that it is an explicitly queer romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is framed in uh, Louis summoning the original reporter, the um, titular interviewer. See. Um, <laughs> Summoning ba- him back in 2022 to retell the story, mm-hmm. suggesting that he wasn't being completely honest yeah. or forthright the first time around. So um, you can kind of interpret some of the changes as, um, you know, maybe he was editing out parts of his life when he originally told the story in the 70s. Um, not all of them, though. He couldn't. He's black now. So it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not something that uh, can sort of be squared with the original story. But um I loved this show. The show is outstanding. It's <laughs> it's bananas. It is completely bananas. Balls to the wall. I cannot believe in the year of our Lord, 2022, that it would be possible to outcamp Tom Cruise. <laughs> One, yeah, Thomas Cruise, <laughs> Sam Reed. Form, mm-hmm. Formerly Sebastian Reed. <laughs> um, <laughs> you thought it was Seth. No, Sebastian. Oh, okay. Uh, Sam Reed plays Lestat. Mm-hmm. He is... I, 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 words fail me. A revelation. A, a true fucking... He's enchanting. He uh, is yeah. a delight. I, it, the man deserves all the awards. Mm-hmm. This show will get no recognition, I'm sure. Um, but this interview with the vampire that is, as you mentioned, explicitly queer and also <laughs> like an indictment on like me too, like just <laughs> everything that they fucking bring up. Yeah. It's the, my biggest takeaway, this is interview with the vampire is an indictment of diet culture, guys. <laughs> <laughs> of diet culture? Yes. Can you Under- expand on that? Yeah. <laughs> Louis... <laughs> There's a whole morality yes. tale about Louis being a vegetarian vampire, essentially, right. because he only eats animals and refuses to hunt people. And this show single-handedly made the best case for vegetarianism I have ever seen. <laughs> and it is an indictment on diet culture. Louis is fucking lame. Lestat is amazing because he's getting the nutrients he needs. Yeah. Uh, Louis just... Like living miserably as a vampire is not the way to do it. It's <laughs> I I fucking loved this show. It was so fun. It's so good. And I mean, the thing I I mean, I loved everything about it. But 
I feel like when we update stories and we recast people with minority actors or make it a queer story, mm-hmm. like uh, sometimes that really just feels like lip service to yeah. representation and it's meaningless. And um, I mean, I'm not I'm not against like offering opportunities to actors of color that were previously, you know, sealed off from mm-hmm. them. But this show, like, I feel like how are these characters not always queer? Yes. You know, like, and I mean, it does like the way it updates Louis to be a black man, like it does so much with the dynamic between the two of them as a couple, like mm-hmm. Lestat, um, Lestat comes in and, you know, he's trying to turn Louis into his lover and vampire and he pays lip service to like the way Louis is discriminated against. Yeah. And like he, these um, assholes will never respect you. Yeah. And like, you can have all this power. Right. And so he's sort of this white savior, mm-hmm. but then he doesn't truly understand like what it is to be, a black man in early 20th century America. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always this like issue in their relationship. And uh, it's just, yeah, it does so many things. It's like, I can't believe this story wasn't always about yeah. these things. And also just the inherent power balance in mm-hmm. somebody literally making you. Yeah. And power imbalance rather. Um, and just, yeah, reckoning with how you're really perceived and how, you don't belong in any world. Like all they had was each other until mm-hmm. Claudia came along. Um, they made turned a girl into a, a vampire um, played by Kirsten Dunst in the movie. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, nothing could ever top that. Yeah. That was one of the all time great performances. I 100% believe that Kirsten Dunst with her like, tightly ringleted hair was a 104 year old woman like i (laughs) I readily believed it she was incredible outstanding in that movie and bailey uh ross what was her Uh, name bailey bass bailey bass who played claudia in this also outstanding yeah i mean all the performances in this show but especially sam reed Mm -hmm. were revelatory yeah it all like it shouldn't work you Mm -hmm. know like he's so camp yeah, he, it's so camp. He plays Lestat very French, mm-hmm. very like yeah. gay as the like just uh, in, like pedal to the metal yeah. performance. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, if, if they had, I don't know, tried to half step that, it wouldn't have worked. But no. because they both like everyone swung for the fences, it just worked so well. And she, I mean, she like also she I think is a. I don't know how old the actor is, but she's supposed to be 14. Mm-hmm. She doesn't look 14 at all. She looks yeah. like an adult, but yeah. she like start, she starts her performance acting like, like the way a bratty teen character would mm-hmm. act in like a 1950s sitcom or yeah. something. Like, <laughs> yeah. Screaming, throwing tantrums yeah. and skipping through the house. Yes. Yeah. Skipping. Uh-huh. <laughs> like her little, like tiny gr- little girl dresses mm-hmm. are so funny. Um, yeah, it just like all of it shouldn't work, but it totally works. Yeah. Um everyone's like trying to do some sort of like delta accent. <laughs> <laughs> They're kind of over the top, but yeah, it's just it's so fucking good. Yeah. I yeah. And really does just address so many things that like I said, I mean, it's yeah, the story it it's about time and nuance and like what you tell yourself and who you are and what choices you make lead to like choices having consequences even when you're immortal but like Mm -hmm. nothing 
ultimately mattering in like that scope of time you know like it's just yeah they're uh eric bogosian plays daniel malloy the interviewer and he he now goes to dubai to um see uh louis louis uh louis lives in like the most (laughs) in the burj khalifa (laughs) yeah basically um but uh they're talking about like the changes between them that have occurred Uh like in you know the 50 years since they met or 40 years or whatever and daniel malloy now has um parkinson's Mm -hmm. disease and he's he's somewhat of a washed up like formerly star pulitzer prize winning reporter and now he's teaching classes at the learning annex yeah (laughs) yeah um which would would take a class. And <laughs> I was listening. To, I hate myself for this, but I was listening to the companion podcast. You were I, okay. a couple episodes this morning. It's actually pretty good. And the first one, there's a brief interview with Eric Bogosian, and then it, they go to a, like a commercial break. But it was just a fake commercial for his learning. Oh, really? It's <laughs> yeah, <that was laughs> very awesome. funny. Um, but yeah, so they're talking about like initially he had asked Louis to turn him into a vampire, mm-hmm. and now he's basically like anti-vampire like they're all murderers or whatever and like it's just about the nuance between like the story you tell yourself like he he essentially convinces louis that like lestat was an abuser and that and lestat was an abuser um but god he's so good (laughs) (laughs) Um, and also sam reed perfect human specimen like so tall so lithe so beautiful just yeah I, yeah, just I, there are no words to describe how beautiful this I, is. But the same is true for Louis too. Yeah. They are they are stunningly beautiful yeah. together, and yeah, the explicit gay sex, extremely welcome. Like <laughs> just all of it was really really great. When they first had sex and levitated and levitated off the ground, yeah. I said to my husband, "Like this show found a way to." make sex between two men somehow gayer than (laughs) it has ever been and yeah yeah, it was just it's just so fucking good but yeah you were saying like this is about like revisiting a tale Mm -hmm. and it's all it's obviously all through louis perspective Mm -hmm. um except for the any pushback from daniel Mm -hmm. um but that's what makes it interesting like how much of this is true like yeah how much of it is you know the intervening 50 years mm-hmm. is, uh you know what what he's told himself like yeah. how much of his uh uh self-interrogation has like i don't know like been arriving at the truth or like telling a tale so mm-hmm. that he or how the world has moved in that yeah. 50 years mm-hmm. um, i like that too because it's like if the original story was him editing out the their gay relationship then like there's something about like now in 2022 maybe he would feel comfortable Mm -hmm. talking about that and uh you know have gotten over any shame about that um but yeah it it does like them having an explicit romantic relationship allows for this dynamic of Lestat like just being an abuser Mm -hmm. and manipulative and um yeah it's just it adds so much texture to the story that I I just loved it so much yeah uh Lestat is the true like hedonist he is uh he is out there living his best vampire life Lestat is like living on the surface like very openly 
murdering people. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, the central tension essentially is the, that he wanted Louis to be his like everlasting companion, but he's abusive and Louis is not who Louis didn't take to being a vampire yeah. the way Lestat did. And he doesn't enjoy it the same way. And um, at the spoiler at the end, Louis has to kill Lestat, um, even though he's spurred on by Claudia mm-hmm. um, throughout. She's the one who initially says that they have to kill Lestat to get out from yeah. um, under him. And, Louis and she ha- compares it to like a master-slave yeah. situation. And Louis has to be the one to do it um, to kind of sever that tie that they have or whatever. But we see that Louis does not, in fact, kill Lestat all the way. Like they throw him in a trunk and right. put him and leave him on the doorstep, basically. <laughs> the show goes to great pains to explain to us all the ways in which a vampire can die yeah. multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> and so, then when we finally see Lestat... Uh, killed like they they do a half measure yeah and so they just leave him out in the swamp with yeah put him out the with rats. the trash <laughs> yeah put him put him out with the trash where he in the ultimate indignity for for Lestat he now has to like live on rats mm-hmm. like which is like he enjoys killing so much but yeah um yeah this show is fucking bananas like there are so many things that like I get that New Orleans is all about hedonism and Mm -hmm. whatever but i do think over 300 people going (laughs) missing every year might rate a blip even though it's a they they say multiple times that it's a convention town so like people are passing through (laughs) people in america would stop going to conventions but (laughs) yeah that would it would be literally very bad for the convention industry. <laughs> but I, in New love the, I, I love the idea of them just killing convention. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's just, yeah, it's, it's the better so of humankind. Yeah, it's really, it's so camp and so, like, such, so heightened on every level. And it's visually stunning. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, like, stunningly beautiful. The costumes are beautiful. All of it. Like, and yet, yeah, it's got this, like, extremely heightened, like, vibe that it's just very easy to, yeah. like, get lost in and just enjoy and, like, put aside all the questions that you have right. about, like, <laughs> all, you're like, but wait, like, what it's about? It's very funny, too. It, yeah. There's a scene, I think it's in the second episode where they've had a fight and then they're in their, like, side-by-side coffins mm-hmm. and they start like talking yeah they the, start talking yeah. through the fight and it's like watching lucy and ricky yeah. and they're like twin beds <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah i i forgot what i was gonna say after that um it's it's also about like i we already talked about it be, being you know from one man's perspective and about how you tell your story yeah but, you know as you said daniel originally in the story asked at the end of Louis' tale to be turned into a vampire. Mm-hmm. Uh, the implication being that he just completely missed all of the, you know, sadness mm-hmm. and the pain and the, you know, fucking how boring it is to live forever and only saw, like, the power and was dazzled by the romance mm-hmm. of being a vampire. And now, you know, 50 years later, uh, you know, Daniel chalks that up to him have, having been a stupid young drug addict mm-hmm. and... um you know, he's wiser and 
isn't isn't really into the nuance of being a vampire yeah. <laughs> and doesn't like ex- excuse any any killing but <clears throat> i wonder so the the original story for the purposes of the this series is that he and daniel originally met in a gay bar mm-hmm. in san francisco um and daniel says that he was only there because that's that's the easiest kind of place to score drugs um and so now we see much more cynical daniel like sneering at uh, Louis eating animals and you know sucking blood from his various assistants mm-hmm. um, but Louis can read his mind and like Daniel comes off as like disdainful of all this but he's actually curious mm-hmm. and is wondering like what what Armand or what is his name Rashid tastes like yeah yeah <laughs> and Louis answers that question which I found very disgusting yeah um, but I wonder like I, you know, this show's already got a second season. Honey and Pineapple, by the way. Is what. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wonder how much, like, first of all, like, is Daniel still dazzled by the idea of being a vampire and mm-hmm. secretly wants to be a vampire? And is that, like, a stand-in? Like, is Daniel gay? Like, mm-hmm. he's not in the story. He has multiple ex-wives. But I wonder if, like, he is still, like, deep down a repressed gay man. And I mean, yeah. in this I don't know. It just works so well for vampirism to stand in for queerness in this whole tale. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think that's what the books have always been about, right? I, again, have not read any of the books, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, we know the broad outlines of the book were the same in the film. Is It's about these two vampires who become companions. Mm -hmm. Lestat turns Louis into a vampire. And eventually, I guess, when tension arises or their relationship starts to sour they adopt claudia and mm-hmm. it's about two dads like yeah. raising a, a daughter yeah <laughs> so yeah I you love- can take any all the gay sex out of it that you want but it's still like a queer tale yeah it's a family drama yeah there's this story there's multiple scenes of claudia leaving the house and the two dads are standing around in like the most amazing set of cardigans I've ever seen <laughs> I love these two Incredible gay dads in cardigans wear. like just yeah just truly Oh, God, it's so good. It's so heightened. Yeah. And that is 100% what I'm, I'm just, you said this last night, and I think it's true. Like, Anne Rice must be so pissed she died <laughs> before she got to see this version of Lestat because it, yeah, it's just fucking incredible. Yeah. Like, truly, yeah. And, and like I said, it's it's so ridiculous on one level, but then it is talking about, like, yeah, vampirism is queerness. It's talking about race in America. It's mm-hmm. talking about like, yeah, the the lens of time and how like your story changes. And it is yeah. about like everyone's first relate, you know, like your yeah. first relationship <laughs> and like discovering yourself through a relationship and like, yeah, and raising it. it's a family drama and like yeah, it's so good. And it's also like Daniel seems very skeptical about like he flies to Dubai. Mm-hmm. And- so he's clearly still curious, but he's skeptical about why the story needs to be retold. Yeah. And so it is about like what kind of stories are worth platforming mm-hmm. and what um, how it will be interpreted. Like yeah. Louis seems to I, I don't think it's made completely cl- clear why he feels he needs to put this story out mm-hmm. again. But it's Daniel, gonna be a book. it's going to be a book. But Daniel's concerned about romanticizing it again. He's like. This is going to come out, and if it, you know, has any level of popularity, people will be dressing up as you for Halloween, mm-hmm. or like, or, it, or dressing up as Claudia for Halloween. And I think that's interesting because that, I mean, that's a big topic today. Like, what what is worth um, 
platforming and mm-hmm. how is it going to be interpreted? And there's something like another big swing for the fences. I thought uh, Louis mentions like there's some threat of like the other vampires yeah. in the world. It's yeah. not totally clear what's going on, but Louis says something about the pandemic and you know other forms of social collapse mm-hmm. creating a you know generation of downwardly mobile. Uh, young men who mm-hmm. are at risk for becoming vampires. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, so is this like an allegory about like incels, yeah. school shooters? Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was very interesting. Um, so yeah, I guess Louis trying to save us from ourselves. Sure. Did you get what the, what's with I, the other vampires? They're going to come kill him? Yeah. He I don't know. Kn- them or something? Yeah, I don't know what the, um, I don't know what, <coughs> excuse me. I don't know what the end game is. With any of it, um, the series or the yeah, the series ends with um the revelation that uh Rashid, his uh like assistant, mm-hmm. is actually the vampire Armand, who is like five hundred and something years old and is associated with like these French vampires, like oh, okay. the <laughs> theater de vampires. Right. Um, so the action of the series and and as much as it's coordinated with the the book and the film it ends about halfway through mm-hmm. right yeah With before Scott anyone Holmes goes to paris died. yeah um <laughs> yeah i can't wait for next season i can't I, it's so good um but yeah so i wasn't also if anyone has seen this can you explain to me they they explicitly say they do talk a lot about how you can kill a vampire yeah and they also explicitly explicitly say that vampires can't drink the blood of the dead but then we see Louis drink from Armand mm-hmm. Rashid and is yeah. he just so powerful that he can I guess I don't know because he also says that um the sun doesn't bother right him. He says, as you get older the sun loses its yeah. power over you <laughs> I love any rules just like oh well I'm older now yeah <laughs> yeah but I mean why not you can like, set me on fire it doesn't bother me at all yeah I'm very old <laughs> yeah why not like it's just it's so fucking bananas and like out there and I just yeah, like, I loved seeing Lestat just be, like, unabashedly just fucking, like, hedonistic and just a messy mm-hmm. bitch. Yeah. Like, just so <laughs> dramatic and, like, an abuser. And and just, like, you see this, like, streak of sadism in him that, like... Yeah. And, and, needs, and like, Louis says, like, give us another hundred years and we would be like that, too. Like, they talk about, like, Lestat says... At one point, you know, they, they're having this whole, like, morality talk about why um, why Louis won't drink people, basically. Yeah. And, and Lestat was like, and for Louis, he's like, we're better than them. So shouldn't we be kind to them, basically? And Lestat, we know, likes toying with people before he kills them mm-hmm. and, like, is, is really kind of cruel and sadistic. And... Um, Lestat is making the case that he's like they're just stupid like they're like there's no morality to think about like you don't think about that any more than you think about he's like they all think about the same things they either like yeah are thinking about like they want to go home they want to eat or they want to fuck yeah. like and I was like that's brilliant that's <laughs> absolutely brilliant I mean I'm always already at home so that's yeah. not like the situation <laughs> but in general yeah those 
three things are like really do sum up humanity. And I was like, it's this like this is the best case I've ever heard for becoming a vegetarian. Like <laughs> I'm just a hundred percent like God, like, yeah, it's not like I'm just eating bad cows. Like, I mean, <laughs> like, like these cows all, you know, have the same three desires we do or whatever. Yeah. Like, it was just, God, it was so fucking good. I list Sam Reed. I've just, never seen him I, in anything else. I haven't yeah. either. But have to just that. an absolute revelation. Truly enchanting. Just, yeah, like his, his, like, theatrics and his just everything so good like and the story of like Lestat is that he was a um he was actually an actor and so Mm. he's like very theatrical and over the top and god it just works so well so good um yeah he apparently Sam Reed was a fan Mm -hmm. an old fan of the novels so he said he really wanted to get this character right yeah and he apparently learned French for this role yep which uh amazing he is australian and his mm-hmm. accent in this is flawless i absolutely would have believed he was French. yeah like he yeah god it's <laughs> just a delight just really a delight um so lestat's story assuming he's uh being truthful and this is lestat's story filtered through louis telling yeah. it to daniel but he was his maker maker Magnus. was like a some sadistic Mm -hmm. he had a very traumatic (laughs) becoming a vampire story yeah um so yeah this gets into like trauma too and like is Lestat the way he is because he was born of horrific trauma and And he didn't have anyone teach him how to be a vampire like he basically had to learn all this (laughs) hard knocks school of hard knocks knocks. just had to like (laughs) eat his way around the world until he came to New Orleans like himself up just uh, bootstrap sock garters <laughs> <laughs> i mentioned last night too that in everything about vampires <laughs> yeah. it has always concerned and it has never been adequately answered for me why vampires are always rich mm-hmm. they're always like inordinately wealthy and hilariously in this show he talks about magnus his maker literally pointed to a pile of money in the corner and then killed himself (laughs) like but where did he get the pile of money like are these doubloons from his like previous life can somebody explain to me how vampires are rich do they just like glamour people into giving them like get a pile of stuff i just i don't don't know it's always been a real hang-up for me before i got i would be the dumb bitch vampire who was like i would not be rich control department (laughs) i've had this apartment since 1791 i can't i can't move actually yeah Yeah, i love that like because it really is like an answer to your question like who cares yeah (laughs) Yeah. you become a vampire there's a pile of money in the corner of the room yeah um but i was listening to an interview with sam reed this morning and they were talking about just that and he's like oh well you know like they're around a long time you Mm -hmm. you just buy up a little real estate and appreciate (laughs) (laughs) inflation yeah yeah you have a couple doubloons yeah they're not worth that much in the 1700s but you sit on that like that's a yeah you have generational wealth by just being a single very long generation (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. i love it so much (laughs) so good does sam read um what does his actual voice sound like uh he his voice sounds the same okay know, light light australian accent not okay. not one of the silly australian 
but you know he's a he's an actor he probably uh you know actors i think lose their accents their natural accents after a while yeah they just can mimic whatever um yeah what else do you have any i mean this show's so crazy it's wild to even predict but since we know the broad outlines of what comes next do you have any like predictions for season two hopes dreams uh, just more Lestat. Like, yeah. <laughs> I really just want all the Lestat I can get. Like, the show also dives into, like, they have, like, they're questioning, like, monogamy and heterosexuality and, like, bisexuality and all mm-hmm. of that. Like, Lestat is bisexual and has a long-term relationship with a lady. Antoinette. That, Antoinette that... um who doesn't, doesn't seem to have any questions of. about why he hasn't aged over the course of like, she, she, some 15 odd years. He turns her into a vampire. Eventually. She, isn't that towards the end, though? Yeah, but... <laughs> These I, people live in New Orleans and do business with, like, all the, like, aldermen and, like, town fat cats and stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, eventually, I guess they run out of town. But at, at some point, someone would be like, what is your secret? <laughs> no, but that's... I think that's the thing, is that everyone looks the other way. Like, there's right. just that mm-hmm. air of hedonism where everyone is... Everyone is up to some shady shit. Yeah. So, like, every... Yeah, I mean, New Orleans is just perfect for this. Like, it's got <laughs> all the fucking witchy undertones and, like, right. the history of, like, you know, voodoo and all that. It's so fucking good. It's, yeah, like... Yeah, New Orleans is, like, the perfect place for a vampire. <laughs> yeah. So it ends with... I mean, I won't give away everything, I guess, but... um they are have to get out of town. Mm-hmm. It's finally like, yeah, the heat's come to their door. Mm-hmm. And the people are realizing that there's something fucked up in their apartment. Um, so they're, but to, <laughs> they're going to throw a grand ball, like mm-hmm. invite everyone over before they, they ditch town. And it's sort of explained away. Like, you know, they're, Becoming pariahs, but Claudia's like, everyone's going to want to know what our beauty secrets yeah, are. Yeah, let's basically. go out with a bang, guys. Yeah, yeah let's, <laughs> They'll come. let's they rip see everybody's break. faces off yeah. before we leave. Let's <laughs> leave them. Let's give them something to talk about, as they say. Um, <laughs> but I love, like, the show's so beautifully done. Mm-hmm. It's very opulent. All the yeah. sets are gorgeous. And they throw this Mardi Gras ball at the end. And it is, like, fucking Nickelodeon-ass beta breakers costumes like, yeah <laughs> so like the aesthetic choices they made for that were just so inspired because you would think it would have just been straightforward like eyes wide shut like masquerade <laughs> ball but it was like a lady had big red cherry hat and like like people looked like they were in the Crump. fucking fruit of the loom costume yeah. <laughs> um it was very good yeah god just such a good show and yeah i mean i don't know maybe someone will prove us wrong but I did have that same sense like when we were watching You, which is a show mm-hmm. that we both said is like better than it has any right to yeah. be. And I feel like this show, there's it's just so over the top and campy. It's mm-hmm. about vampires and it just sort of leans into, you know, vampire tropes. I feel like it's not going to get the recognition yeah. it deserves. But yeah, I hope I'm wrong. Hopefully we will be proved wrong. But this is now canon. Like, this is the only <laughs> interview with the vampire that I accept. <laughs> Sam Reed is the only Lestat I will be acknowledging. I'll I, take no further questions. Thank I, you. I would just like to re-emphasize, like, you are a huge fan of Tom Cruise. Huge. In the 1994 interview huge. with the vampire. And you said when we started this series that no one will ever top that. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I've, you heard it here first. I folks. was <laughs> I was wrong. I was a hundred percent wrong. Tom Cruise is planning Sam Reed's downfall as we speak. <laughs> Tom Cruise is plotting to murder oh Sam Reed. Oh my god. <laughs> a Top Gun style like <laughs> a volleyball scene. With yes. Lestat. Yeah. Oh my god. I... Lestat versus Lestat. <laughs> yeah. Just so great. So fucking great. <laughs> I mean, and yeah, just uh, I mean, I'll even go further and say yes. Sam Reed is now the only Lestat I will acknowledge, but also Sam Reed, one of maybe two blonde men I, yeah. I find attractive. So I'm putting it all out there. <laughs> <laughs> this show changed everything. Everything. But also, like, honestly, like, the the ridiculousness of this show and dealing with, like, real, real current themes, like, consent and, mm-hmm. like, yeah, power imbalances and just like uh abuse like abuse and leaving domestic leaving. violence <laughs> and just all of it. Like yeah, it's so fucking good. And then like for the the final line to be like oh, let me introduce you to the love she, of my life. Wait, what? What what does he call it? Armand the vampire, yes. the love of my life. Mm-hmm. And just to be like Oh, he's fucking out here just like moving on. Like it's great. Like I just I want so yeah. Great. I don't remember what happens in the the movie or if it don't know that it'll matter. But like do we think that Louis just like is a bad picker? Like yeah. Like I I worry about Armand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he, you know, has fallen into a pattern of like um you know, unhealthy relationships. Well, I think the thing is that our so Armand says that Louis can lose the run of himself and Armand is there to keep him in check mm-hmm. and to keep him safe. And so, yeah, like, yeah, Louis just a little bitch who like can't <laughs> pick. It's, it's so good. Yeah. Like Louis is just, yeah. Now you're trapped in this cycle of abuse forever. Louis. Yeah. Like it's just, it's, it's really fucking good. <laughs> it's so good. Like it just the whole, like me too aspect of, of vampirism, like mm-hmm. as, never been addressed as successfully as this show does <laughs> just yeah like the inherent you know like Lestat talks about like the sacrifice of making a vampire is that you can no longer hear their thoughts mm-hmm. but then we find out that like actually maybe he can like hear their thoughts. Yeah, like it's just wasn't clear on who was hearing yeah whose thoughts. It's, <laughs> ugh, it's, it's just delightful the whole thing it was yeah. just a real romp it was great it was a romp yeah um I was if you really just wanted to take an afternoon and die of alcohol poisoning, you could take a drink every time there's like a tortured simile or yeah. metaphor in this show. <laughs> I started trying to write them down. And after like seven or eight in a single scene, I had to stop. But um, they just like every sentence has a, a metaphor in it. And at one point, Lestat tells Claudia that oh, I'm going to fuck it up. Like drinking blood is like, Eating syrup on the wind. Yeah. <laughs> it's like eating syrup. <laughs> like, what? Why is there syrup on the wind? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it, He's been alive a lot longer than us, Jess. We don't know. Yeah, I feel like if yeah. you have um, immortality, eventually you'll experiment with uh, every form of sexuality and you'll have to start coming up with new metaphors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's um, also, as you mentioned, it's very funny. There's like a scene, we see them meeting in 
the 70s in San Francisco. Oh, I wanted more of 70s San Francisco. Yeah. And Louis slides his Amex card across and I'm like, member since 1922 or whatever. Like nobody at Amex is like. Uh, the, and also just and you the, can't pay with a credit card that, at a bar in San Francisco in 1970. Not only no that, way. not only that, but just the idea of Louis sitting down and writing a check to Amex every month, like just, <laughs> just fucking, like gotta pay my bills. Like that's no, that's the nobody ever talks about the not sexy parts of being a vampire, yeah, like paying so. your bills or whatever. Like just. All of it. Yeah, it's, that's a really good point. Wouldn't like, the bank be like, all right, <laughs> this man's 172 yeah. years old. Yeah, I mean, everybody has died. Like, you just outlived them all. So, huh. yeah. Yeah, that's that would be a good vampire series is yeah. like just the, like, the grunt work of yeah. having to, like, I guess, come up with a new identity I and mean, open a new bank yeah, account. Just the, yeah, the vampires, like, that would be a good series where like vampires are actually the ones who created recurring payments because they like <laughs> hate sitting down and writing a check every month like, <laughs> for 200 years. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also, I will never be able to recreate the way Louis pronounced Divisadero Street in that scene, <laughs> yeah. but worth, worth the watch for that alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also did the classic San Francisco thing where you see, the establishing shot of the Golden Gate Bridge and then you see him like walk into the bar like directly in front of the Golden Gate Bridge basically and I'm like that mm, famous that, gay neighborhood yeah. The, yeah. the upper Presidio yeah <laughs> um yeah I don't anything else um no just really <laughs> outstanding definitely definitely worth the watch just yeah apparently it was Filmed in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, I, at first, I was like, "This all feels soundstagey." Um, they obviously had to build some scenes to recreate mm-hmm. uh, Storyville, but it was filmed in New Orleans, and yeah, beautiful. Mm-hmm. The interior—it really made me want to hang out in like a brothel. Oh, a hundred percent. It's like a real good time. They Let's have everything at a prohibition. Brothel. Let's, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Just yeah, so fucking camp and just. Really, as you said, swinging for the fences and absolutely landing. Like, it just has a joy to it that... Yeah. Also, while discussing, like, these serious issues. Yeah. like, But it just has a real joy to it that, yeah, I just bet Anne Rice is pissed that she missed it. <laughs> and I also just like that it's just a show about vampires. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of horror genre, they try to... Uh, I don't know, slide the lens over a little bit so it's like more allegorical or mm-hmm. like like Walking Dead, they don't say the word zombies. Like every zombie mm. show tries to let, like make up a new word for zombies. But there's a part where Louis is um, finally had enough with this one like town official who's dicked him around. So he kills him and the guy says like, what are you? And he goes, I'm a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> make no mistake. Um Oh, do we think, so there's a scene at the beginning, like Louis's brother, Paul, who's a preacher, mm-hmm. uh, we're to understand that he, I think, is slipping into some mental yeah. illness. Mm-hmm. But then at their sister's wedding, he and Louis have a nice moment mm-hmm. on the rooftop of the house, and Paul calmly gets up and walks off the house mm-hmm. to his death. And I just chalked it up to him um, having a mental break or something. But do we think Lestat... Did that because that came in between 
Louis and Lestat meeting and him, I think, not wanting anything to do with Lestat. And I feel like Lestat realized that his family is going to be what keeps them mm-hmm. apart. And so I kind of wonder, like, did Lestat just glamour him into walking off the roof? Uh, Louis a, asks a classic Lestat. Yeah, he asks Lestat that and Lestat says no, of course. And um, But we also know that nobody can believe anything Lestat says. Yeah. So who knows? Um, I just chalked it up to mental illness also. Um, but yeah, who knows? Who knows? I, don't, I, I mean, also the story is about like his humanity being Louis's humanity like him trying to hold on to that yeah. and like caring for humanity maintaining and maintaining his relationship with his family. Yeah. And Lestat just like makes the case that like you can't do that when you're a vampire. You can't right. see them as anything. Like which they- makes sense in that like he's leaning into his nature mm-hmm. and ex- accepts that wanting to eat people and, you know, uh be separate from humanity part of the tra- is, is just part, part of, the of who he is but it's also like a classic way to isolate someone from their family and you're an abusive <laughs> manipulator yeah. you know like i'm the only one who understands you mm-hmm. you know you can't your family mm-hmm. it's not they don't they don't understand you the yeah. way i do yeah yeah it's so fucking good and now you're mine forever yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> literally forever yeah which is why Lestat has to ultimately be killed for them to get away mm-hmm. um yeah so good <laughs> it's just great um immortality yes no what vampire power do you want it does seem real boring after a while like (laughs) yeah i mean i guess the untold wealth is nice and like being able to travel but then what do you do after you what do you do after you see these like like incredible powers but louis talks about going abroad or something and or no lestat talks about Mm -hmm. traveling and louis like isn't it difficult to ship our coffins yeah and like they get into this discussion about logistics of shipping their coffins yeah (laughs) it's just like this is like what me and my husband would talk about like we have to get a visa i don't know (laughs) do i need a shot before i go (laughs) it's there's no direct flights Uh. (laughs) but that's i mean it also there was like the very i've thought powerful scene with claudia running away and she tries to leave and she decides that she is going to like strike out on her own and then she's she's found by lestat but an incredible scene oh god so good but (laughs) louis talks about how um louis talks about you know how like she deserved to see everything from like a first class carriage but like she wouldn't have been allowed like as a black woman like in you know that time just all of it yeah i guess i mean i guess that's the benefit to being immortal is like you know seeing some advancements i guess <laughs> <laughs> like i said recurring payments vampires love them um, but like uh yeah i yeah no i i don't think it's for me i don't want to see everybody i love die yeah i i mean I, that's I, that's the takeaway right like that's what makes um, Daniel's initial desire to become a vampire so insulting. Like, mm-hmm. Louis told this this whole tale of, full of pain and death and destruction, and um, Daniel only sees, like, the power and romance. And uh, mm-hmm. But, like, death is what gives life texture, right? Mm-hmm. It's what makes anything mean anything. Mm-hmm. So, that it's finite. Yeah, yeah, I think we're supposed to understand that being a vampire is bad. But <laughs> I don't know. Lestat makes it look really fucking fun, to be honest. I mean, 
Yeah, just a couple of hundred years of like dicking around, doing what you want. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they also make it clear that there are plenty of ways to die as a vampire. They're quote unquote immortal, but like there's sunlight, there's fire. Oh, there's not sunlight, apparently. After you're old, the sun loses its power. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Drinking the blood of the dead. Being beheaded. Yeah. 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 You can go out. I mean, maybe it's a little more difficult than taking a bottle of sleeping pills and drinking wine in the bathtub. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Would you be a lone vampire or would you, uh, you know, because in in this world and in the book and the movie, um, there are other vampires. Like there are vampire mm-hmm. communities. That's what Claudia is setting out to find. Oh yeah, and she and Lestat warns her away from it. Like yeah, know, as though they're dangerous. Yeah, that is what he would say. Yeah, but then also, um, Armand mm-hmm. says that the other vampires are going to come and kill him. So mm-hmm. like there are, and she meets another vampire, Bruce, who <laughs> such a good name breaks her leg and rapes her. Um. And she, yeah, she comes back to them changed um, yeah. after she ran away the first time. But, uh, yeah, uh, like, would you want to be in a commune with other vampires or would you? I don't, it's, I mean, that's the thing. Like, that's why you can't have eternal life. Like, A, of course, like, it would be so lonely being a lonely, a, a, a lone wolf vampire. Yeah. But you get in a commune with other vampires. Like, how long God, is that fucking I have commitment? To, yeah. <laughs> to deal with somebody else's like you left your dead body yeah. in the kitchen again jeff like you know just, like, like yeah like we all have to clean up after ourselves okay like yeah um yeah just fucking yelling at somebody else's husband for the rest of my life no thank you <laughs> <laughs> no thanks yeah uh, i vampire being a vampire is not for me Lestat as doing an actual right. vegetarian i would have a real yeah. real hard time with it. yeah Lestat is doing it right is my whole takeaway from yeah. this if you if you're gonna be a vampire you gotta, you gotta go all nature. in you gotta be fucking all in yeah and just balls to the wall like and <laughs> Lestat is just a delight real yeah. delight I mean, he does seem like he's having a good time. Yeah. He likes the opera. He likes yeah. art. He... The only humans he respects are talented people. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I get all of it. I think it's great. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's a hearty thumbs up for. Oh, I can't can't wait. Are you going to watch um, Mayfair Witches or other things in the immortal universe? So apparently AMC got the rights to 17 Anne Rice novels that it plans to adapt into no fewer than five series over the Damn. next, you know, 10 years or so, which, uh, incredible bet. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't... Incredible bet that, like, AMC will exist 10 years from now. Um, yeah, I guess. So I, I almost had zero question that this series would go to uh, get a second, se- mm-hmm. second season, given how much... Yeah, you know, it had a second the season before they even started yeah. the first one. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, whatever. If it if it's as good as this show, then absolutely I'll yeah. watch that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's funny that like I mean, as we've said, I've we've never read any Anne Rice, mm-hmm. um, but so far as I know, the only adaptations of Anne Rice novels, which are wildly popular, mm-hmm. are the '94 uh, Interview with the Vampire and then. 2002's Queen of the Damned Damned. with Aaliyah, (laughs) R.I.P. Yes. Um, 
Which is also, is that from the same universe of Interview with the I Vampire? I feel like Lestat's no. in it. I think Stuart it's all Townsend part of the Vampire Lestat. Chronicles, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Well, congratulations to Anne Rice. Oh, just <laughs> her, descend, her descendants who presumably just came into quite a bit of money. Yeah. Um, I think they were doing okay before this, but yeah. I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) Can always use more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, are you watching anything else? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I am not at liberty to say at this time. Um, (laughs) Yeah. um, Below Deck has started a new season. Um, We are watching and enjoying Fleischman is in Trouble on FX on Hulu. oh yeah um the white lotus is uh i am on record as i believe i said i hated the first season <laughs> and i am all in so far on season two two more episodes of that to go um yeah how about you <laughs> i i'm sorry i forgot the title but i watched a christmas movie that i think is from this year that stars one tom arnold and <gasps> Stephen Baldwin, I believe. What? One of the non-Alec Baldwins that has to be one of the most batshit crazy things I've ever seen. Are they the romantic leads? Essentially, they're like partners in crime, but um, essentially function as a a couple. Uh, One of their sisters, it's a Christmas Eve, a couple drops their children off with these two men, uh, presumably just to get rid of them on Christmas. I it's not explained why they're trying to get rid of their children on Christmas Eve. They are assembling the toys at their house. They promptly leave to do whatever they're doing, and they hit Santa Claus with their car. And sure. from there, it is two separate films where this couple is trying to help Santa Claus get a tow truck or something. And <laughs> the Tom Arnold and Stephen Baldwin couple are babysitting these children, and it involves, like, reading from this storybook about puffins. This and there does not many, sound like a very good... Now, now that I'm describing it, I'm this like, sounds this AI generated. Yeah. It's so boring. And there's multiple animated sequence with the puffins that have nothing to do with the rest of the story. What? It, it, it was truly a fucking fever dream of a movie. Oh, um, boy. If you, if you enjoy drugs, I would suggest <laughs> doing that and watching this movie, which I, again, apologize. I cannot remember the name of. But Sounds can, like it's for the best. You can Google Tom Arnold Christmas movie. I'm sure it'll come up. Wow. Um, yeah, if anyone has any recommendations for what they're watching, shitty Christmas m- movies or otherwise, please tweet them at us. We're at BFFTV on the radio. Mm-hmm. Always looking for recommendations. Yeah. Um, is Interview with the Vampire Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> there is a scene where they're decorating a tree. Oh, is there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that's your answer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, yes, it is. I guess I will also recommend, we went to see How Did This Get Made mm-hmm. last night, one mm-hmm. of my favorite podcasts, uh, and they did 12 Pups of Christmas, which I saw Speaking of a, fever dream. a few years ago, and um, yeah, I, I'd rank that up there. It's not good, yeah. but <laughs> if you're looking, like I am, for you know a Christmas movie that is confusing, upsetting, <laughs> <laughs> strange... You know, makes you question the the diseased mind that it came from. Yeah, Twelve Pups of Christmas is your movie. Okay, it is great. A, Good to know. A bizarre uh, neoliberal nightmare that takes <laughs> place allegedly in San Francisco, but it's really a Silicon Valley movie. Um, yeah, I Wild. recommend that. 
Um, all right, we will go out with, uh, okay, so at the end of episode six of Interview with the Vampire, mm -hmm. penultimate episode, uh, well, in that episode, episode uh, Lestat composes a song for mm -hmm. Louis and- uh, To try to win him back after dropping him from the air. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, after many years of estrangement, um, composes mm -hmm. a song for him. And at the end of the episode, uh, episode, this ballad starts playing, and I was immediately transfixed by it. <laughs> and I was Googling the lyrics to try to figure out what it was. Nothing was coming up, and my husband intuited that it was the song that Lestat composed for Louis. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is a fucking banger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sung by Sam Reed himself, who <gasps> can do no, no wrong. <sighs> a man of many talents. So we will go out with that song. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we will be back next week with more TV, TV on the radio. Mm -hmm. uh, Indie Rock Roll Radio is here, so stay tuned for that, and have a great Sunday. Come to me And let my Ever-loving arms Surround you Come to me and let my infinite embrace confound you. Mourn each other like star-crossed lovers, Yabalaya's my medicine. Star-crossed lovers